0: Good well, g'day everyone, I'm Sam. G'day everyone, I am Mike. And we are The Extras, this is The Extras. <laughs> uh, welcome, episode two, this is pretty exciting, Mike. Two, we, we've made it thus far. Yeah, look, yeah, uh, we'll see how we we'll see how this goes. Thanks for those who listened in last week. Really good to have you along for the ride. Um, do send us your feedback, let us know how you're finding it. Um, Mike, we're talking Proverbs 2 today. <laughs> Woohoo! Which is good. Uh, you preached Sunday um you remind us a little bit where we were in proverbs 2 what was happening there
1: yeah so proverbs 2 uh, continues to implore us to get wisdom to passionately pursue wisdom with our whole body mind and soul because wisdom is so good for us god will bless us as we pursue wisdom and uh it's going to lead to great outcomes of success and um Safety and more wisdom, and it's just worth getting.
0: Yeah, uh, it's really helpful um, Sunday night. We had l- quite a few questions coming in, and one of the things we're trying to do on the extras is uh, answer all the extra ones that we didn't get to. Uh, we dealt with a couple of them on Sunday, and uh, we got sort of five or so groups of questions. I've tried to group them together because some people ask the same thing. Yep. And, um, yeah, so hopefully you can hear your question getting answered here today. Um, if you're one of those people we didn't get to Sunday night. Um, but so, Michael, me with the first one um, that we, we want to talk a little bit about. Um, yep. Can you remind us, firstly, how have you been defining wisdom uh, through this series on Proverbs thus far?
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. So the definition I've been working with is wisdom, or the fear of the Lord, is living every aspect of your life in worshipful submission to God and then if we kind of add the New Testament's uh, extras, hmm. no, that's not extras, that's, that's not the right word, um, we also say through faith in Jesus. So living every aspect of your life in worshipful submission to God through faith in Jesus is okay. wisdom.
0: Okay, okay, that's helpful. So the first question we've got here to, to deal with is the question, um, are wisdom and godliness the same thing? Um, or alternatively, are sin and folly the same thing? That is, is is it one thing to be godly and then an, another thing to be wise? Or are they sort of the same thing? How nice. do they work together with your definition that you've got? It's
1: a really cool question, actually. It's forced me to think hard, so thank you to whoever wrote that question in. Um, so as Christians, we want to be godly. We want to reflect God in His great character um, as we live out a life uh, saved by Jesus. And uh, godliness and wisdom, I mean, they're kind of close. Oh, they are close. They're close, but they're not exactly the same. I take it that wisdom will help us to flesh out godliness. So godliness will give us some big characteristics. For example, uh, love. So love is part of being what God is like and imitating Him. And I take it wisdom will Flesh out a little bit about how to be loving in every aspect of your life. How to be loving in relationships, how to be loving with your money, how to be loving with your words, with all those kind of things. So, you've got godliness as this huge category to try and be like God. And then you've got wisdom, which will flesh out uh, what it means to be godly in really kind of practical terms.
0: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I was sharing with you earlier as we were sort of chatting through what we were going to talk through today. that, uh, you can be godly, uh, but perhaps still need wisdom. Is that, is that, um, in that, so I I was sharing an example in my own life that, uh, when I first started full-time working, I sort of thought, oh, great. Now I'll have all this money. I've been scrimping and scathing as a student and, uh, you know, I'll get a job. And then after working for a little while, I still had no money and, uh, I've been giving and doing the godly thing of generosity, but, Mm. I needed to then go seek some wisdom from some older people, find an accountant, get some sort of financial advice as to how to budget and how to do those kind of things. Is that kind of the, um, the... There's godliness, but then there's also wisdom, which then helps you to kind of take the principle of godliness and sort of apply it more specifically. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, that sounds really
1: good. That sounds really good. Um,
0: so you
1: had the foundation right. You wanted to um, fear the Lord with your life and fear the Lord with your money. In um, your giving, and so you had that kind of goal as well as that foundation. But then, in terms of well, what does it look like daily, you know, how do I budget, how do I spend my time, how much do I save, how much do I give? Um, yeah, wisdom literature in the Bible will help you, and so it's a great place to go. But then, you also went another step, you went kind of uh, wisdom within the world, um, and you got advice from accountants and that kind of stuff. And that just put even more flesh on the bones of what it meant to be wise and what it meant to be godly. And I think that sounds a great way to live in worshipful submission to God. Uh, You go with godliness as defined in the Bible. You go with wisdom as defined in the Bible. And then uh, taking wisdom as advice, which says, you know, you can go to the sluggard, uh, sorry, go to the ant, you sluggard and learn from its ways. Or Mm. uh, wisdom's advice to kind of uh, seek wisdom from other people. Uh, and not to be too wise in your own eyes. Uh, I think that sounds a great way to be wise and to worship God in every aspect of your life.
0: So I guess on the flip side of that then, that second half of that question, which is, are sin and folly or foolishness, are they the same thing? Is that, are you sort of saying, look, it's, it's possible to be foolish, but it's not necessarily sinful. That is, you might burn through all your money um, you still might be giving. You might be, but you, at the end of the day, you don't have any—I don't know—any savings or anything to put away for a rainy day. That might be foolish, but not necessarily sinful. Is that sort of the idea? Yeah, here? and it's tricky, isn't it? What, what is the line?
1: <laughs> we like drawing lines. Um, uh, sin is sin, and that's pretty clearly defined in Scripture. Um, folly, yeah. Uh, some things in Proverbs, in particular. Uh, some of the folly seems to be sin, mm. um, but some of it also just seems to be kind of dopey choices that are going to have dopey results, mm. um, as well as
0: really dopey, i.e., sinful, that are going to lead to deadly results. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's a little—it's not quite as clear cut as that. It's, it's there is a blurringness there. There are some things that might just be dumb but not sinful, but there are other things that are dumb and sinful, and sometimes folly is is kind of both sides of that. Yeah.
1: Equation. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. Um, it's really good to have us wrestling with our definitions of wisdom oh, that's here, isn't right. it? And Those are very helpful questions. Yeah, and it's good to just keep trying to dig back into to Proverbs itself, because Proverbs does say to go to the ant and look at the world around you and get wisdom from that. Um, yeah. So thanks for these questions, guys. They're, they're really helpful. Um, okay. Someone's asking particularly out of um, Proverbs two on Sunday uh, about the forbidden woman um, who. So we, you talked about the, the sort of the unwise friends who might lead you towards sin and then Proverbs then moves on to talk about the um the forbidden woman and uh she's sort of there in uh, in Proverbs two verses sixteen onwards. Um could the forbidden woman might be a metaphor uh for perhaps the temptation and alluring nature of other sins. You talked a lot about mm. sexual sin mm. on Sunday, um challenged us about that whole area and that's, that was really helpful. But I guess this question is asking is maybe is is this a metaphor here pointing us to just that sin more generally is alluring like a temptress?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it it definitely could be uh, a metaphor for sin in general because that's the way that Proverbs often operates, isn't it? Is that it often uh, personifies wisdom and folly and gives them a voice that calls out so I can understand um, why why that could be the case, and that is very possible. The reason I took the more specific kind of definition of the forbidden woman as kind of a sexual sin is really in light of how the forbidden woman is spoken of in the rest of Proverbs. And particularly as we get to, or as we read chapters five to seven, um, you'll see this woman coming up time and time again. And perhaps what you'll see a little bit more clearly in those chapters, is that um, there is definitely um, a reference to kind of sexuality in, in this sin um, that's perhaps even a little bit more clear
0: than chapter two okay so um i mean there is a what you're saying is you, you other sins are alluring a yes. little bit like that so that's true but, yes. but but in a sort of proverb sense um the, the context particularly the latter chapters five six that kind of place Actually, points you to the fact that uh, that the father in Proverbs wants to warn the son specifically about sexual sin. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, third one we got to deal with today, mate, is um, you made the comment on Sunday about um, there's a there's a principle in Proverbs that making good choices will lead to a good life. Yep. Um, and the questions come in about that. Do you mean good choices like the choice to believe in Jesus, which will lead to the good outcome of kind of eternal life? Yep. Um life with Jesus. Yep. Um but given that Proverbs is in the Old Testament and before Jesus, is that what Proverbs is pointing to and really Proverbs doesn't make any sense until you've got the New <laughs> Testament? Yeah. Or is there another uh part of kind of making good choices to lead to a good life? And if so, what would Proverbs have been talking about pre-Jesus? Nice. Yeah, the
1: great thing about this question is it's trying to understand the Bible as it comes to us and Trying to understand context and content and all that stuff. So brilliant, brilliant question. Someone's thinking really hard. Um, so whenever we read the Bible, we want to read it um, in the there and then. In other words, how would the original readers have heard it, and um, the meaning's got to make sense to them, and we've got to understand it for them. So for the original readers, uh, God's old covenant people, Israel, uh, to f- the fear of the Lord meant to live every aspect of their life in worshipful submission to God. Kind of full stop, if you like. Um, And so that's how we understand uh, Proverbs um, uh, as as it was originally given, the there and then. But as new covenant believers in Jesus, as people who have the New Testament as well as the Old Testament, who have the, the full revelation of God in Scripture, We have to take everything that we read in the Old Testament and read it through the grid of the New Testament because the New Testament tells us that every promise of God has its yes, has its fulfillment in Christ. And all the promises and patterns and people of the Old Testament are really just a shadow of Jesus and the gospel. And so that's why we broaden our definition of wisdom um, to include, through faith, in Jesus Christ, and ultimately for us sitting this side of the cross, um, we read Proverbs not as old covenant people, but as new covenant people
0: saved so through faith in Jesus. What would have been the difference for an old covenant person versus us, a new covenant person? What was their context? Where were they? What what would have Proverbs have led them to do? Yeah, so um, they were um,
1: in the promised land which was the place of blessing for Israel. And for an Israelite to live wisely and to fear the Lord meant that the land would be a place of blessing and safety and security for them. Um, But um, alternatively, if they didn't fear the Lord, if they were foolish, then they would be removed from the land. And sadly, that's exactly what happened. Um, and so they were taken out of the land of blessing uh, and safety and security into exile.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, mate. That, that's really helpful. Um, fourth question we've got to deal with today um, is quite a specific question, but I think it's quite a helpful yeah. one. Um, around social media, Instagram particularly, um, and asking, um, is have Instagram and and Facebook and those kind of social media sites begun to function a little bit like gossip magazines used to function for a generation gone mm-hmm. by. Um, and that, that, that what they're doing to us is um, replacing perhaps wisdom that comes to us from, from God, from the Bible, with this kind of other channel of input um, that's that's unhelpful for us. And and I'll read you this this uh, uh, question. I, I take it from a parent. Um, and uh, they say uh, that they feel that um, kids spend so much time following stars and, and perhaps unwittingly they're filling their heads with sort of ungodly priorities and behaviour, but kind of everyone's doing it, everyone's on Instagram. Um, what, do you, what do you do with that? Um, is this parent right to be concerned in this kind of way? Um, is this a generational thing, or is there something about social media that we just got to be wary of as we're trying to be wise?
1: Yeah, wow, what a, what a huge question, and what an important question, um, because social media is everywhere, um, and it's, uh, it's, it is, uh, very alluring and it's a great kind of time waster at one level, um, as well as it can be a great way to keep in touch with people and get information. And so, you know, it's not all bad. Um, so I, I'm guessing this question might've come out of the fact that we talked on Sunday night about the importance of pursuing wisdom, passionately pursuing wisdom. And part of that was, well, what do we do with our time and what do we do with kind of what we read? Are we using our time and what we read to passionately pursue wisdom? And I guess I want to say that um, the best way to use your time and best things to read, if you want to get wisdom, is to read your Bible and to be setting your heart and mind on things above. And, you know, I strongly encourage everybody at night church and beyond. Uh, all of church to be thinking in terms of having a regular time and a regular place to be reading God's word, to be soaking in it um, so that it fills your heart and your mind and your soul um, so that God can bless you through that and give you the wisdom. And uh, I guess the trick is, is uh, do we have time in our week to do that? Uh, A lot of us would say we're time poor and we just don't have time to read the Bibles. But if you stop and think, well... If I am using three hours a day on social media, but I say I haven't got time to spend reading the Bible, then (laughs) there's probably something a little bit out of kilt
0: there. Mm. Um, So there's a time sort of thing. Um, And and even, I mean, three hours is arbitrary. Some some people might use that. Some people might use less than that, more. Um, The the challenge is kind of, are you getting input from God and from his word? Yes. I think though it's also good to know yourself and uh, what that just because you're getting Bible input doesn't necessarily mean that all the other input is now okay. And like personally, I found this in that um, if you've tried to message me through Facebook recently, you'll know that I haven't replied because I've actually taken myself out of there apart from administrative persons. Because after kind of self-reflection and thinking about what's good for me, I've kind of made the decision this year to to, to pull away from social media because i just found it was being unhe- unhealthy for me it was um, just getting kind of streaming into my mind with messages mm. and uh, mm. kind of ideas that i just didn't need to be thinking about and um, uh, to be honest i i've loved being off it it's it's been a great a great thing really freeing but is, does everyone have to like me come out of social media because it's inherently wrong or can you stay there how, how does it how does that work yeah that's a tricky one mate um,
1: I mean, one of the interesting things that Proverbs keeps pushing us to do is to think big picture and long term. Um, and it's interesting, as the research is being done on kind of social media and the like, um, it does point to the fact that it can be unhelpful for some people long term. Uh, in other words, the effects of social media uh, are not perhaps as, uh, as good as we think they are, although there are you know, good aspects to being connected to people that way. So, yeah, you do need to know yourself. Uh, and you need to be aware I guess self-aware of you know how much time e- am I spending in this um, and what effect is it having on me because if it is having a negative effect if it's changing my mood which the research says it can um, if it's changing the way you think which the research says you can if it's changing how much you can concentrate on things which the research seems that you need to be self-aware
0: uh, and uh, make a decision based on that. Mm. And Proverbs would say that that's part of wisdom, isn't it? Totally. Knowing yourself, knowing how things affect you, and then uh, responding appropriately, that, that's wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right, mate, let's um, kind of come towards the end. We've got our last question for today. Um, is about friendship. And uh, we, we were talking friendship on Sunday, and uh, we even talked, we had a question in Question Time, uh, and I think this question might be in response to it. And the question we had in Question Time was, um, should we hang out with friends perhaps who uh, might be a, a negative influence on us and perhaps are evangelizing us to their wickedness more than we might be say sharing the gospel with them and evangelizing them into the kingdom and we talked a little bit about wisdom on that front yep. um, this question kind of follows up on that and saying what about with a Christian well what about with a non-christian friend and uh, but they're not pulling you out of church um, uh, um, should uh, we still kind of, time with them uh, or should we avoid time with them um, h- how do we love them and witness to them um, if they're not that kind of predatory friend who's gonna you know, <laughs> have such a negative impact on you yeah yeah
1: how do you love uh, someone who doesn't believe in Jesus so that they can believe in Jesus how can you be a, a great friend to them Um yeah, huge, huge question. Let me just give you a few little kind of things off the top of our head. Um, first thing, you want to be uh, in prayer for that person. Um, prayer is powerful, and you know, before you talk to people about God, you should talk to God about people. Um, so please be pr- in prayer for your non-Christian friends. Uh, then go about and love them. And at uh, one level, that sounds really easy. You just love them. another level, people are complicated, and... Uh, It's not easy to love people, and you've got to kind of work out how they feel loved or how they receive love or how they best receive your expressions of love. And so you get to kind of talk to people and get to know them and uh, work out how to best love them. Um, But we want to do that with a purpose, and that's to love them um, to the purpose of or for the point of uh, ultimately um, sharing the love of God with them. Um, And so to help you to do that um, as well as praying and loving them is uh, you want to be Thinking of ways that you can um, uh, uh, Sorry two thoughts here in my head coming in at once you want to be living a life That shows your love of God that might kind of be attractive to that person. I know for me um, there was a guy who was a Christian when I was twenty, who just kind of lived a life that I found quite attractive. He seemed to kind of have life together. He was making good choices. He was, he was joyful. He seemed to have purpose, and I just found that, you know, quite startling. And I just kind of wanted to know what what have you got, Pete, that I haven't got? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So living a good life, um, um, and then uh, having kind of uh, looking for opportunities to kind of explain why you live the way you do. So. Mm. 1 Peter 3, you know, always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for your hope. So you're looking for opportunities to speak as well as ways to live, both in ways that all point people to
0: God. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, my story is similar to yours. Um, when I became a Christian, one of the things that struck me, even before the gospel itself struck me, was I came to St. Paul's and the, the, the youth that were there at the time were just so different and they loved me as a total stranger in a way that just blew me away. Nice. And, I, and I realized there's no, there's no reason that they've got to love me. Why are they loving mm. me like this? It's powerful. It? it was very powerful. And uh, and then that, I, I think, in many ways, I mean, God softened my heart to the gospel, but that, that love, I think, also softened my heart to the gospel and made me explore a little bit of what have they got. And uh, and I think that's really important that the way that we're interacting, I think part of wisdom is, uh, interact with our friends in such a way that we love them. Mm. Um, that, that, that yeah, those opportunities might present themselves and also that we just be bold and take those opportunities when they come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Right, that, that's our questions for the week. Uh, very quickly as we close, Mike, Proverbs 3 this week. You, you're not in the pulpit this weekend. Uh, uh, you have given you the week off. <laughs> uh, you're off to kids camp. Well, I am off to kids camp. We're Good very times. excited about it. Please yeah. pray
1: for kids camp and uh, for all those little precious young souls that they'd grow as disciples of Jesus.
0: Yeah. Uh, what can we look forward to in Proverbs 3 while, while in your absence?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, is the chunk that we'll be looking at. So please have a read. Um, the cool thing about this chunk is it does start to kind of dive into some of the nitty-gritty and some of the practical and some more of the kind of the everyday. Mm. Um, so, um, for example, it's going to talk a little bit about... Um, kind of honouring the Lord with your wealth. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, not being wise in your own eyes, trusting the Lord with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding, but on his. Um, So it's going to get a little bit more kind of uh, practical at one level. Um, But yeah, it's it's a great passage to wrestle
0: with. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, folks. Thanks for listening. Appreciate your time. I hope that's helpful for you. Mm. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week, God willing, with another episode of The Extras. So keep your questions coming in um, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Yeah. Get wisdom. All right. See you later. Bye.